Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Paul Byrne, and this is an audio project called On the Map. These are going to be a series of conversations where I'll be exploring the many ways that the leadership circle intersects with the issues and real-world business challenges and leadership challenges of our time. Hopefully, you'll find some practical guidance, and really it's intended for anyone who either works with or even has been a recipient of the Leadership Circle profile. So whether you're a coach or a consultant or even a leader who's worked with this assessment, hopefully there's going to be something for here for you to take away. Uh, in this first dialogue, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Arande Sekou Creighton. Arande is a seasoned business leader, coach, consultant, and he's also the chief diversity officer of the Leadership Circle. In this wide-ranging conversation, Arande and I will explore the opportunity around diversity, equity, and inclusion, where that fits in the Leadership Circle profile, and in particular, how coaches and debriefers of this instrument can bring more inclusion and perspective into the work that they do with clients. I hope you walk away with as much value as I do every time I speak with Arande, and enjoy the dialogue. Arande, thank you for joining me today. Um, the idea for this conversation really came out of a dialogue we had, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, where we were looking at the ideas around uh, the Leadership Circle profile uh, and the intersection with diversity, equity, and inclusion, and this idea of identity and agency. And there are just so many fascinating topics that came out of it. So I was hoping to maybe unpack some of those today. Uh, and in particular, uh, talk a little bit about some of the emerging good practices. We probably don't yet have best practices, but maybe there's some good or encouraging practices around how coaches can bring um, a diversity, equity, and inclusion lens into the conversations they have. And in fact, how that can actually uh, really open up some of those dialogues and really bring a lot more power into not just the debrief, but the follow-up coaching. So looking forward to uh, exploring that with you. But before we get started, I was hoping you could share a little bit about uh, how you became interested in leadership. So when you go back and think about your own leadership origin story, um, what was it that uh, started to get you interested in this topic of leadership? Yeah, so that, that'll lead us to a 15-part um, conversation, Paul, so I don't want to give you the whole story, but... <laughs> You know, as, as a kid, I was always fascinated with leadership. Um, you know, one of the um, book series that I had was um, was literally a, a biography set of all of the presidents up until Kennedy. Um, and I used to read and devour those a, as a kid. Um, I was always fascinating about what was it that put these men in positions to, um, you know, be elected to the highest office in this country. And um, I think that's really what kind of started my interest in leadership. Um, and then it just kind of spurred from there going through school and getting into my professional life. Um, but yeah, it started really, really early on um, mm -hmm. nerding out on uh, presidential biographies. Okay. So right into the deep end of presidential politics, um, where did the leadership circle come into your work? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of the things internally we always laugh about a little bit that that I probably have one of the more unique experiences with the company um, and that I came in as a client first. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I was head of learning and development for a tech company that Bill Adams, our CEO, uh, was serving as a lead client, uh, lead consultant and coach. 
And uh, he had worked with our CEO for a number of years um, in one or two other previous organizations. And uh, Leadership Circle was very well steeped into the organization. And so when I came in and took over learning and development, um, Profile was already there. And so I, I kind of had to get up to speed a little bit on uh, on learning about this tool and this instrument. Felt very comfortable doing so because I had experience with other tools and methodologies, um, you know, but I always have to say when I uh, when I did my certification and this was back in the day where you didn't get the debrief ahead of time, you kind of got it um, in the whole you got your results in the hotel okay. <laughs> and you went back to the room for like two hours to take it all in. Um, and all I remember is um, waking up in a pool of sweat um, in the fetal position, rocking myself to sleep after seeing my <laughs> results. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I have compassion and empathy for folks when they uh, don't quite see what they were hoping they're going to see uh, in their graph, because that was definitely me the first time around. Yeah, well, we've got uh, we could probably have a whole segment on just our uh, our first leadership circle profile, because mine was pretty uh, <laughs> mine was definitely a uh, uh, a shock. And in hindsight, uh, dead on. Yeah. So yeah. it, it, it yeah. totally nailed yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> same here. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of brings me into the, the question around, um, you know, inclusion and diversity and equity. And because so many leaders are getting, you know, um, profiles done. And, and for those yeah. of us that coach those leaders or um, work with those leaders around their profile results, frankly, whether it's leadership circle or other good assessments, um, you know, I wanted to get your perspective on how do you think about uh, assessments, maybe even some of these more stage development um, mm -hmm. models um, yeah. within sort of the context of diversity and inclusion and how we should be sort of holding these things together, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and it comes up not just for Leadership Circle, but as I talk to colleagues who use other assessments, whether it's the Emotional Social Competence Inventory, uh, whether it's Hogan, um, you know, Faro B, it, it really doesn't matter. I think we're all in the same boat, which simply comes down to the fact that we have to understand the genesis and the origin of many of these models and frameworks. Um, and when I talk about the genesis and origin of them, what I'm referring to specifically is um, who are the who are the scholars who created, um, you know, many of these tools and assessments? And so when I think when we think about that, um, we have to recognize that many of these are um, white male academicians who've created these models. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But what it can lead to is sometimes an incomplete perspective. And what I mean by an incomplete perspective, Paul, is just um, if we're creating those, many times we're creating these assessments out of our own view of the world and our own um, lived experience. Um, and that can sometimes cause us to have a narrow focus and not recognize that everyone doesn't have the same lived experience that we do. Uh, and so I think that that's where we have opportunities um, as individual coaches to add to what that assessment might not bring forth. Right. So how is it that I can then lean into that um, and recognize, you know what, there may be some missing elements for this client that I'm about to do this debrief with. Um, and, and, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion has always been um you know, an area that has never really felt comfortable for a number of people. Um, I think sometimes people feel like, you know, I have to stay, uh, walk around on eggshells um, with that topic. 
And what I find is that if we lean into it with both curiosity uh, and empathy, right, there's so much more that we can get out of it. So just the simplicity of of looking on the screen as I'm looking at, at, at my friend here and, you know, acknowledging, you know, hey, Paul, you know, just on the surface, you know, I'm a black guy. You're a white guy. Um, you know, we have some different lived experiences. And so what would be really important and valuable for me is how do you identify in this world? What are some parts of your identity that are important for me to know and understand? And I think that what happens when you bring that kind of phrasing early on into the debrief of a tool like LCP um, many times the marginalized or subordinated individual um, can be caught off guard in a positive way, right? Because yeah. I can tell you, they've already recognized that this person either looks like me or doesn't. Right. And they've already sized up how this conversation may or may not go. So when we inject that and ask that question, sometimes it can create a little bit of a an exhale to say, oh, wait a minute, this may be a very different conversation because this person is already asking, how do I see the world or how am I seen? Yeah. Right. Because that's really what we're talking about um, when we're talking about the impact that this instrument has is people want to be seen, not seen for who you think I am, but seen for who I am and who I show up as. It's it, I mean, it's a beautiful, um, uh, a beautiful way to think about it. And and because it, it, it strikes me as familiar, which is often, uh, uh, you know, f- for example, if you coming from a sort of a more dominant culture, I think in terms of power dynamics, certainly growing up, uh, you know, Irish, Italian, Catholic and Boston and white, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, d- didn't, uh, didn't put you at a, a material disadvantage in that, in that town. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that is, that's how I grew, you know, and, and one of the things that we've talked about is this idea of um, agency being unevenly distributed. Certainly power yeah. is, um, but, the, but also the idea of agency and choice. And mm-hmm. I think there, there tends to be, um, with coaches. And I think in particular with leadership circle profile debriefs, this sort of perception of, well, you just need to come up with a one big thing. Um, you know, it, you just need to step into X and everything shifts. And of course that may be difficult for everyone, but that the, the range of difficulty will be very broad, you know, for others. And I, and I wonder if you can say a little bit about kind of that idea of, of agency and particularly as coaches, what we should be aware of as we're coaching clients to make, uh, uh, bold moves, forward moves, make more conscious choices about yeah. their own leadership. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, you and I both um, have a, a love and respect for this field of coaching that we've been in for um, more years than we want to say. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things that I think we can sometimes those in our field can get um, sucked into is this this sense that everything is equal. And, you know, once we once we engage in this development path, we're we're all on the same page, right? You know, it's 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 where we um, where we make comments that honestly can be both gaslighting and offensive, such as 
when I see you, I don't see color or, you know, um, I just see a great leader in you, not a female leader. Right. Um, and so the reason I'm using those as as kind of playful examples uh, is, is that's a way that we're trying to now um, bring this person into our line of sight as opposed to expanding our line of sight. Right. So now I want to bring you on equal footing because I don't see you as a female leader. I just see you as a leader. Right. So what that does is that that puts me in a place where I'm not expanding my own view to recognize that there are challenges that you experience as a female leader um, that I may not have awareness into. So the reason that I'm highlighting that um, with the question that you asked there is where we have an opportunity as coaches is really just to pause and, and to recognize that um, there are some surface diversity differences that we will see on the screen, right? And then there's some additional diversity that we have no awareness into, right? So, you know, just as an example, um, you know, as, as um, uh, someone who is for all of my developmental years was an undiagnosed ADHD person, right? That's... A, a diagnosis that is new to me over the more recent years, right? That's not something that you would know and and um, and get a sense of just in having a conversation with me. And so, I think that what becomes really valuable and important for coaches is: can I expand my view, or do I kind of feel like I can only coach the person if I see them within this narrow window? And if I see them in this narrow window, which is where I am then absolutely their agency should be equal to mine. But if I expand it, then I recognize that, you know what, as this female leader, there's some challenges that you've had to go through to be in this same room with these executive leaders that I don't have insight into. So let me pause and breathe into that and allow you to educate and and, um, bring me into awareness. Right. There may be some things as an LGBTQIA plus individual that I don't have insight into that now let me pause. Right. So I think that when we're talking about this agency not being equally distributed, this is where the conversation around identity and how you identify helps me to be able to see things from a little bit of a different lens. Right. It's it's kind of like me taking off my glasses and putting yours on. Right. And it may be really blurry at first. Or it could be crystal clear, but I got to be willing to hand my glasses over to you and take yours in order to truly see what's there so that I can effectively um, guide you as a coach. Right. Well, it, it and it speaks to the, um, I, guess, I guess, the vulnerability that's required also from the coach, which is, Absolutely. right, and I think we want to come at it as as being helpful and expert and sort of knowing what to do. And, and the reality is we have something to offer. And I yeah. love this idea of the, of the field of vision. I, someone described it to me once as the difference between a spotlight and a floodlight, you know, mm, that, that yeah. you know, you have to bring everyone into your spotlight because yeah. that's where you're shining it as opposed to sort of a floodlight that illuminates a much broader field yeah. in, including a field that you're less comfortable in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and that's the importance of, you know, the difference between coaching and therapy. You know, therapists are expected to have all the answers. Right. Coaches, we're just kind of almost like the guides on the terrain. And I think that, you know, our, our friend Steve loves to use the um, 
you know, the whitewater rafting analogy and, and you know, I, I've um, and that's something that I've ever really been interested in. Right. But what I appreciate is um, uh, Steve always talks about when I get a guide who says this is exactly how everything is going to move and operate. Those are the ones I want to stay away from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As opposed to those that say, look, you know, there's a little bit of a dip out there and this is going on. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think these waters may be OK. They may not. But let's just kind of be able to be in the moment and flow with it. Yeah. And I think that the coaches and, and you and I have had both had this experience, both as coaches and in leading engagements, the coaches who are um, uh, who are OK with the ambiguity and just to be in the moment are the ones who bring some of the most beautiful um realizations and um and recognitions for for their client because they were just there right yeah yeah what, what as as you uh, and you lead the certification program among many other things uh w- within the leadership circle and so as you're working uh, in particular with young uh or young new uh newer certified uh leadership circle uh practitioners What are some of the things that you would hope that they leave with in terms of an awareness and then maybe even some practical approaches? So when they are working, and again, as you've said, sometimes this is the case right now, I can look at you and, and already, I know you, you, you surely have had a very different lived experience than me because there's a way that that manifests physically. Um, But there's so many other of such a broader range of diversity that we're talking about. There's neurodiversity, Absolutely. obviously uh, gender and things that wouldn't necessarily present um, yeah. or necessarily even come up in the early stages of a conversation. So in a way we're always in, in dialogue with someone who has a very different lived experience, even if they look very much like us. And yeah. so as, as you think about how you kind of move that from spotlight to floodlight or sort of open that aperture. Like what are some of the questions? What are some of the ways that you maybe start a debrief or some of the topics or questions that you'd want to unpack a little bit during those initial coaching sessions that would help, you know, you be more equipped to know who you're working with and how you can support them. You know, I think the first thing to acknowledge with that, um, Paul is, um, is it still a learning process on how to do that? It is it is clunky and messy um, and there's no right way to do it. And so one of the things that I've always appreciated with our certification process is um, that we're not we're not trying to create robots at the end of that three or four day um, process. We're not expecting that person to sound just like you or just like me. And so I think that acknowledging and and just continuing, which we I know um, all of our faculty attempts to do, continuing to acknowledge the, um, the the greatness of the skills that those individuals are coming into our certification with, right? We want this to be a an add on, not a replacement. So you're already an effective coach. You're already doing wonderful things. You're already touching lives and changing people and organizations, and we're just giving. Uh, you training on this additional tool. And and the reason I think that's important is, is what I'm seeing, especially in the past two years, as we're doing, uh, you know, these virtual certifications is we're getting in more people who have taken the time and have gone down a path of, of learning coaching from a diverse perspective. And so they're bringing in their own language. And I think that's beautiful. And I'm learning quite a bit from them in that process. Um, you know, again, with the clunky part for me, it's just jumping into that debrief and 
kind of doing that that cartoonish gulp with that you know lump in your throat of saying, I just want to acknowledge that you know um, this is the first time that we're meeting, um, and just as I look on the screen, you know I see that there may be some traits that we have in common and some that we don't, but because this tool and this instrument is so much about who you are as a person, um, I would like to invite you to share with me. You know, what are some ways that you identify that are important for me to know? And I remember one of the first times and I I felt like I was tripping over my tongue when I was saying all this. Um, And it was beautiful because uh, the the woman that I was debriefing um, said, you know, I appreciate you asking me that um, because you might not know this by seeing me physically. um, But I am a first generation immigrant from and she named the country. And it was beautiful because I could almost just see physically this kind of easing into the conversation that she had because it was like, okay, that's an important part of me. It's an important part of my experience. And it was woven in to her sharing her story with me. And it became a very important part as we were debriefing the instrument and talking about her creative competencies and her reactive strategies and how what those might be tied into. And so she was able to really just kind of, you know, yeah. And when I said I was a you know first generation immigrant from here, yeah, I know that that's where this comes from. And so as coaches, when we begin to hear our clients make that connection, being in the moment to honor that with them. And when I say honor, it's not a... It's kind of like our our friend Tyson loves to to use the phrasing. It's an of course moment, right? Of course, it makes sense that you would um, engage in that way and look at where you got to, right? I I think that there are times, and you and I have talked about this, where people don't have a true appreciation of our reactive patterns and what we've actually been able to accomplish with those while we're running on that autopilot, right? Right. As opposed to going, I always call it Neanderthalish, right? And saying reactive bad, you know, get rid of reactive, you know, like <laughs> old Captain Caveman days or something, right? Yeah. Well, but but when we can pause that person as they're seeing that and say, of course, I so get that, yeah. right? And recognize that with them and they can, yeah, right. you're right, I wouldn't be here. And then be able to later have a pause moment to say, and now that you're aware of that. Where do you want to begin to step into? That's a demonstration of your own true power. Now we're bringing together both the reactive and the creative conversation and honoring both in a way that this person feels like there's so much momentum I already have. I didn't even realize I'm stepping into one of these 18 creative competencies, right? And that's the beauty of it. It's We're not dragging them. We're not trying to drag them over into the creative, right? It's almost like... We want them to recognize and and if we were on the physical mat and see and be like, wow, I can see why I'm totally grounded here now. Yeah. 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 And and the gift that it undoubtedly gave, you know, well, what I love about our every time I speak with you about it, I I learn more about it. But in a way, it also brings me back to this conclusion, which is it's the conversation around just the incredible diversity of humanity and how to include Mm -hmm. all of that is fundamentally what a great coaching conversation is. And, and of course at the center of the leadership circle is the word identity. And so the idea that you'd uh, ask someone what might be important to know about how you identify 
yeah. right? As opposed to just tell me three stories about your leadership and I'll look at your profile and I'll kind of, you know, well, you sort of look like me. So I'm just going to imagine that, you know, I can imagine what it is. Right. And I just, it, yeah. it you know, it, it's, it's, it seems so simple in a way because it's right there in plain sight. And yet yeah. so often we, to your point earlier, we dance around it, you know, and I think part of it is we don't want to offend or we don't want to find ourselves kind of out over our skis and a conversation that we don't feel equipped to. But this idea yeah. that you can always kind of recover back to that curiosity that coaching is and, yeah. and really lean into the client to help, you know, how best to be a resource to them as opposed yeah. to having to start from, uh, I'm going to get you from A to B, you know, yeah. and I, I kind of yeah. got that path figured out. So here's, you know, and I can be guilty of that. I, I you know, you can come into these and we you all think can. like, I got, <laughs> show me the profile. I haven't even met you yeah. yet. And I'm, I've already got yeah. my advice hat. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we, we can all be guilty of that. And I think that what's so important is, um, you know, just we're, we're, as LCP practitioners, there's a level of expertise that we have on the tool, but we will never be an expert on that person. And so when we open the opportunity to talk about how you identify, it gives us lens into how they see the world, which gives us lens into how they see themselves and their leadership. Right. And, you know, it, it just reminds me of, of, uh, you know, a few years ago when we were engaging with Michael Bungie Stainer and, and he was saying, you know, be lazy and be often. Mm -hmm. Right. To me, it's it's such an easeful and lazy question that that it, it almost in, in my head as I'm even, you know, framing this, Paul, it's almost as if it, asking that question is like the clouds moving and you just seeing, you know, this floodlight mm -hmm. begin to shine. Right. That's what we're doing by just inviting them to um, to do that, because here's the reality for a lot of marginalized people, even in organizations where they have had high success. They're never asked that question. Right. There's always either an assumption. Or to your point earlier, I want to stay away from that. Yeah. Right. And so just imagine if we were if we were uh, debriefing someone um, who who um, permanently needed to use crutches. Right. Just even as I say that you and I both know that there is so much richness of experience, I'm sure experiences that they would love to forget, as well as experiences that brought them to where they are. And for us to see that person as if they were not someone that used, um, had to use crutches. Right. And right? just pretend that braces. we didn't see it or, or just. And just pretend yeah. that we didn't see the braces or anything. Yeah. Right. How much, how much now have we lost? It, it's, it's, it's almost like um, having, having on the best headphones in the world to listen to your all time favorite album, but the bass has been turned off in it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like I'm not hearing drums. I'm not hearing bass guitar like the, that's not how my favorite song sounds. But yet I'm still moving forward as if it's the song I've always heard for the past 25, 30 years of my life. And so when we invite that in. Right. When we invite that in now, that person, wow. 
I'm being seen. So, yes, I don't know if you you can tell, but, you know, I am I use braces or I use a wheelchair um, and that has shaped so much of, of my experience in the world. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And as we go through this 90 minute conversation and as we're in this coaching relationship, please feel free to share more of that with me as you feel comfortable. Right. And it's also important for us to also back up and say, you know, this is a new type of interaction for me. So if there's anything that I say um, that does not resonate. And forgive me if it may even offend Please know I'm giving you full authority to stop me and say, Aranda, please, here's why I would prefer that you not use that term. Mm-hmm. Here's why this this doesn't resonate or connect with me. Right. Because I want to learn. And that's a that's an important part to this um, to this equity and accessibility part of the conversation. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, Aranda, thank you so much. This is, uh, I think everyone has a, uh, a lot to take away and a lot to consider. Yeah. And I, and I love your, uh, your invitation back to the, the powerful simplicity of, of curiosity and coaching and the transparency and frankly, the courage, you know, and I, and I always think we started off this conversation, you know, sharing that our own profiles probably set us back a little bit. And, and I always think it's quite a courageous <laughs> act to, to sort of, you know, have the profile and, and the coaching. I, you know, I, I never underestimate what someone is walking into, particularly when it's maybe a profile that at first glance isn't one that they necessarily would have wanted for themselves or would have sure. imagined. Right. And so just to be able to meet the courage that they meet us with, which is, yeah. I don't know what to expect. Uh, and I'm willing to trust that this can be helpful and for us to sort of meet them with, um, and there's a lot that I don't know about you. Yeah. And the more that I can know about you or that you're comfortable sharing about you, the better resource I can be, you know? And Absolutely. I, and so I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know, I think it's important just to, to, you know, we all want to be seen and we all want to be seen for who we are. Right. And so there's, um, there's a, an Asian therapist, Ivy Kwong, who I love her, her phrasing in this statement um, when it comes to diversity and simply this, none of us has to shrink in order for all of us to shine. And so I think if we look at it from that perspective, as opposed to what is it that I may be losing instead, how is it that I can be a vessel to help this person shine even more? Right. And I think that's the attitude and perspective I would encourage people to take as we're diving into, you know, uncharted territory. Beautiful. Well, thank you again, Arande, and uh, I look forward to our next conversation. I always learn so much. So thanks so much for sharing. Be with you as always, Paul. All right. Be well.